Hey friends, this is Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender, and sometimes both. Natalie Katona is back, and today we are talking about Monica Lewinsky and the American crime story season about the Clinton scandal. When you join our Patreon community, you get access to all episodes, bonus content, invitations to our monthly happy hour, and a weekly drop-in hangout session that feels more like hanging out at a coffee shop. The cost is only $15 a month. When you join, we'll even give you a shout out in one of our episodes. Don't wait, join us, become a Pop Culture Club member today. In 1998, the world was shaken when it learned that then-President Bill Clinton had an affair with 24-year-old intern Monica Lewinsky. 23 years later, this scandal would be the topic of Season 3 of American Crime Story. But before we dive in, let's get reacquainted with my guest. Natalie is the host of the podcast, To All the Men I've Tolerated Before. Each week, she and her guests do a deep dive on a particular instance they were made to tolerate. Men the patriarchy, misogyny, I'm going to add just existing as females. (laughs) And while they're done tolerating and ready to start thriving, she was here in season three to discuss her breakup with Bachelor Nation. She is my creative partner and co-creator and co-producer of our show Still Comfy, which is a live show where we revisit pop culture properties that we once loved to see if we still love them or if they make us uncomfortable. Welcome to the show, Natalie. Thank you for having me back. There's no shortage of me in pop culture makes me jealous world. <laughs> I love it. I'm here for it. Listen, I would also you... some sort of disaster going on right outside my home. There are so many sirens. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's terrifying. Oh. See, and I live near downtown slash I think it's in downtown, but some people have decided that it's not in downtown. I happen to disagree. Um, so we hear shit all the time because we're yeah. right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's a fight at the bar. There's a car accident. There's somebody who decided to complain about the unhoused person sleeping on a bench. Yeah, you got to know that shit. Mm-hmm. Why have a police radio when you can just live inside of it? Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, did I ever tell you about the time that it li- like the SWAT team literally rushed the house across the street? I think so. Yeah. And like the next door app was blowing up. People were like they're looking for somebody with a gun. There was shooting, all the stuff. They blew out, they shot out my friend's porch light because like they didn't mm-hmm. ask her to turn it off. They just shot it out with a beanbag. Um to like bum rush this house so i told the kid i was like because our our rooms are up against the alley mm-hmm. so it's like you have to sleep in an interior room tonight until they tell us this is done because yeah. my fear was like because you know that law and order episode where that old lady got shot in her sleep because some of a stray bullet because their window was open like mm-hmm. that's what i was thinking yeah no it's real yeah um I once slept through someone shooting someone else in my apartment complex, and then my neighbor had to tell me about it after my nap. So teaching's hard. You sleep hard when you're a teacher. (laughs) Yeah, well, you're molding the youth of America that everyone is terrified of. So, so, okay. Before we get into uh, the Clinton scandal, American crime story, or whatever order they put it in, um, do you remember what you thought of like wealthy or rich women? 
on TV or in media or in films when you were a kid? Like, do you have an impression that you can recall? The only, so the only time a wealthy woman like left an impression on me as a child was when she was like over the top snooty. Mm. I'm thinking in my head of a girlfriend. She was African-American. She used to wear like really white tailored suits. I don't even know what show I'm thinking of. And she'd have like a Southern genteel accent even though no one else did. Are you talking about um, who shot JR? What show was that? Dallas. Are you talking about Dallas? No, I'm not talking. She's like, it's a very Fresh Prince looking woman, but it's not the show Fresh Prince, but maybe she's not African-American. Was it Girlfriends? No, it might have been Step by Step. It might have been Step by Step. And it might have been the idiot's girlfriend. Like, not even, like, the brother, the idiot's friend. Like, she would just talk, and she'd be like, now, darling. Yeah, yeah. And then he'd have to, like, step two to something. So, the, honestly, the only trope that ever got me with the woman was, like, oh, if you're rich, you get to be snooty. And mm. then you get to tell your TV boyfriend whatever he should be doing. I believe it was also a trope that happened on Boy Meets World, uh -huh. like... Uh -huh. mm -hmm. uh -huh. yeah because the trope of the snotty wealthy woman i think that's a real thing and i think that's a large part so what inspired this season was i ran into several women who when we were reading um we shall be millionaires mm -hmm. all of their thought about wealthy women was like oh that's not good we don't want to be that because that's a negative like wealthy yeah. women are like like terrible people yeah they're not great people um, and they ruin their boyfriend's lives, and then their boyfriend's mothers hate them. <laughs> That's a trope. The boyfriend's yeah. mom's hating the girlfriend. Like, mm -hmm. we need that to end. I can't with that. I'm like, please. Ugh, makes me so upset. Right. I don't know. Okay. So, my next question. Do you remember the Clinton scandal in real time? I was nine. Mm -hmm. um, it was one of those things where you i think you pretend that you have childhood memories of the clinton scandal because you do remember like adults just making a lot of comments and uh -huh. jokes that no one would explain to you yeah yeah <laughs> and you'd be like what's going on with our country mommy and they'd be like don't worry about it <laughs> you're okay. not allowed to be an intern ever in dc right. yeah i do remember that everyone i know um currently and probably in the past blamed monica oh ab that's yeah. I, I do i remember that too everything was monica's fault mm -hmm. she was a hussy she was a floozy how yeah. dare she do this to the president right and at the time i remember thinking i don't understand she's a kid right because in my mind yeah. you know even though 24 is grown it she looked so young to me um well and and I just, I didn't, and remember, I grew up in a conservative home, so mm -hmm. anything to take down a Democratic president, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and I think this is also, like, my brush with, like, people in power can and will do bad things. Mm -hmm. Like, because I'm like, what? My president who likes to play the saxophone on the television? He did a what now? Why are they trying to put him in jail? Yeah, and us, for us, it was like, well, he's the first you know black people's president yeah 
why are you taking down the first black people's president? Um, because I remember when Obama was running, somebody in my somebody in I knew in the community was like, um, we finally actually got a real black president. Yeah. Like, sorry, Clinton. And I was like, what did they say? Like, I'm, you know, because then you have to go back to your memories and da da da. Um, but yeah, like you, it was like it was all Monica's fault. She's a it genius. was all Monica's fault. Um, and in a very childlike way, I just knew that like I only refer to President Clinton as Bill, <laughs> as if we are pers like close personal friends, because Bill has that kind of like laissez-faire charm that you're mm -hmm. like, I don't even think he gives a shit that he's the president and you probably could call him Bill. <laughs> and yeah. I blame John Mulaney and I blame him in that bit about his mom almost sleeping with Bill Clinton. <laughs> I don't think he, I've heard that one. Yeah, and he ends that joke with, because Bill never forgets a bitch. And like, now I only refer to Clinton as Bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so funny. Um, do you think the treatment of her influence, like impacted you as a young girl? Well, like had those it, comments and stuff and it being her fault and all that stuff? I don't know if it had an like direct like effect on how I behaved or whatever, but it did reinforce in the 90s this very Puritan, like purity culture mindset mm -hmm. that we have about women. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, keep your boys at home. Like she's out on the street or something. So did it affect me directly to where I was like, oh, you should never be alone in an office with a man. He will expose himself to you. Probably not. Probably went right over my head. But did it force me to like grow up in the 90s where people had something to point at where mm -hmm. they're like, see, women are conniving and they're slutty and they're bad. Yeah. 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 I mean, similarly, because I'm a little bit older. So I heard a lot of like, um, actually, yeah, I heard a lot of the same messages like women can't be trusted. And it was mm -hmm. very clear to us. Or to me anyway, that like if you were going to go to bat with anybody, you better have receipts. Mm -hmm. You better make sure your nose is clean because they will come for you and right. every dirty detail. So you are not allowed to mess up in any way, shape or form. Right. You are not allowed to have sex mistakes in this country. Yeah, apparently. Because like you're just not. How often are we just making fun of someone for having sex with the wrong person? Yeah. So when I had the intimacy coordinator, no, she wasn't an intimacy coordinator. She was an intimacy expert, Leah Carry on yep. for the for episode normal about people. normal people. She commented in that show, in that episode about how like you, there's this very clear line where things are like, now you're in a zone. I'm doing a terrible job at recapping how she yep. said it. But the gist is this. You basically start to, once you hit that in point of intimacy, physical intimacy, you hit a point where it's like, you're not really actually in a position to make a cognitive, cohesive, right. clear decision. That's So her recommendation was like, you agree upon what you're willing to do before you hit that point. Yeah. Because once you're past that point, you'll, you're going to like any, 
not anything goes, but essentially that's how I took it was like anything yeah. goes. And I was like, oh, is that why all of us have regrets the next day? Because oh, yeah. we don't we don't have those conversations. Listen. And then we wake up the next day and think, you were cuter last night. Like Monica, I too have put something mediocre in my mouth just because it was presented to me. It happens. Yeah. I couldn't be Paula Jones. At least Paula Jones said that she wasn't that type of girl. I guess I just decided a long time ago, I can be that type of girl. <laughs> if Monica can do it, so can I. <laughs> but yeah, like Monica, I've been somewhere alone with someone mediocre and put something very mediocre in my mouth because it felt like the only option. <laughs> Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is because of the way they present themselves. Do you love to read? Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous hosts a monthly book club that reads books that have been adapted for the screen. We meet on the fourth Sunday of every month via Zoom. The book club is open to anyone, but Patreon pals can vote on our monthly read and have access to our replay. To sign up, hit the link in the show notes. Every Tuesday night, you can tune into Instagram Live and watch Still Comfy, a show where Julia Washington, host of Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, and Natalie Katona, host of To All the Men I've Tolerated Before, take a deep dive into pop culture properties they once loved to see if they still stand the test of time or review new iterations of beloved shows, celebrity biopics, and television reboots of movies or old ideas. In addition to co-producing and co-hosting the live show on Instagram, the pair takes to YouTube and go live to discuss new movies that are rooted in pop culture infamy. Subscribe to Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous's YouTube channel and never miss an episode. If you're not already following us on Instagram, do so so you can tune in every Tuesday or catch the replay the next day. If you understand the nuances and intersections of being a BIPOC woman, a woman identifying, a woman in a male-dominated industry, and all the microaggressions that come with the daily existence and how media reinforces those stereotypes, but you still love pop culture, then Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous Best Friends Club on Patreon is just for you. Join an incredible community of like-minded individuals who meet monthly to discuss a different topic in pop culture, access to bonus content, weekly lunchtime hangout sessions, and discounts on merch. To learn more about how to become a part of the Best Friends Club, visit popculturemakesmejealous.com slash become a member. There's a hyphen in between become a member. Become hyphen a hyphen member. See you there. So let's get into the actual American Crime Story okay. scandal TV show itself. Friends, this is a 10-part episode mm -hmm. series, mini-series. It is literally an hour and a half each episode, so you're yeah. watching a mini-movie every single time. It opens with um, Linda Tripp meeting Paula in the little lunch area where yeah. they meet at the Capitol, which I've been before. Um, and and then the feds kind of swore Monica and are like, yeah. you have to talk to us. We have things <gasps> to ask you about the president. Um, and then from there, we flash back and sort of get the beginning of the story and work our way forward to yeah. the impeachment. Um, so what did you think about this series overall? I was so excited for this series the moment Hulu released a commercial. <laughs> because to me, it had the perfect cast. Like if I was going to do this reenactment in my own head for my own... 
honestly historical lesson as we know i don't actually know facts they have <laughs> fx has to present them to me yeah in a dramatic fashion with clive owen and then i go i didn't even know who paula jones was i was like why is ashley annaford in such a big role in this show i didn't know that there was a whole other lady let alone like monica was one of nine yes <laughs> oh my god i remember the whole paula jones thing happening and no. i again i didn't understand why paula jones was the bad guy in this scenario yeah literally not a name that had ever crossed my mind it's until I listened to the You're Wrong About episode about Monica Lewinsky. And I was like, why are they talking about a lady named Paula? And then I watched this show and I was like, and it's it's all coming back yeah. to me now. Except for I never knew her. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. she was not slut shamed in my home for whatever reason. I Well, maybe your parents didn't know either. I don't know. Our family was very... I'm not saying yours wasn't, but our family was very like, we're paying attention to all the politics. No, and I like, and it's really hard to pin down when my family is pro-Democrat and when my family is pro-Republican. I feel like that ebbed and flowed in my childhood. Mm. And then eventually my parents stopped discussing who they were voting for and yeah. they just voted in secret. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I would never tell who I voted for. No. Especially if they rightly fucked up. Yeah. I don't want to admit to getting behind that whole, that cart. <laughs> I like, listen, can we go back to Bill for a second? Whether or not he's Clive Owens. <laughs> okay. Can I just tell you when I was watching the first six episodes, I was texting my friend because she and I are different on different political spectrums, mm -hmm. but we like still have really great conversations. And I kept texting her. It's like, I don't understand why anybody thought this man was attractive. He skeeves me the fuck out. Even mm -hmm. as even Clive Owen as Bill Clinton is giving me the heebie jeebies. I can't hang. I didn't even think I'd be able to finish it because it was making he was making me so uncomfortable. I need everyone to know because I don't know if I've gone on record saying this, but I've said it enough in public. Someone probably made a TikTok out of it. I am one of the women who cannot be left alone in a room with Bill. I say it out loud all the time. Bill has that exact level of genteel ch charm. It's not to like the gambit level, mm -hmm. like because we all understand that, but it's just right at that threshold where he'd like just walk up and he'd be like, hey, Natalie, you want to hear me play my saxophone and then maybe put it in your mouth? And I'd be like, probably, I don't know. <laughs> I can't, I'm so, I just, what is the appeal? He's so skeevy. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think, like, I think also it has to do with the way that, like, everyone was very comical in the 90s about how he was, like, skeezy, but also charming and, like, could just, like, trick women in the White House into a quick grope <laughs> and... And then gaslight him because when yeah. the when it comes out that you know he's essentially fucked because they have all this documentation from Paula um, Linda Tripp and like you know it turns out every woman lied on their affidavit because they're Clinton, the Clintons are bullies yeah um you know then he's going around rewriting history with everybody his secretary you, I was never left alone with Monica was I, I don't know why you're talking about. You know, and I'm over here like, um, you are a creep. 
yeah. a creep because that is some shady motherfucking shit to go. You have so much power. You are the most powerful person in our country and you were bullying everybody into convincing them, gaslighting them, whatever, to say that you were never left alone with Monica. This is why I've had to stop dating men because I think I've been conditioned to want the attentions of the Bill Clintons of the world. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. I think, listen, I don't know when it happened, but men like Bill Clinton when it's just like so seamlessly easy. Like with Bill, like with men like Bill Clinton, it's literally like, can you hand me that pen? over there Natalie and you're like sure and then you hand him the pen and he's like so I was thinking that you were looking like real good in that skirt and like I thought we were just here to talk about pens now uh -huh. I'm getting now I'm getting complimented <laughs> you know <clears throat> you wouldn't get creeped out by the way he would compliment you because it's just so creepy I don't, I don't know I'm just letting you know that I have said often that this is why I can't date men anymore because I'm to the point where I have gone without genuine praise and compliments for so long. You don't care who it comes from? That as soon as a smooth talking man, I think it's the accent. Yeah, we've had that conversation. I also really do. I think it's um, well, and Southern. Yeah. Bill Clinton is a musician. Does a saxophone count though? He played it on The Tonight Show. Yeah, but I just felt like, like of all the like, instruments you could choose to play to try and woo chicks, you chose listen, the saxophone? Until until Barack Obama, he was our pop star president. Like, he was our rock star president. Yeah, that's fair. I do remember him being on Jay Leno. I remember watching that because my, my dad loved Jay Leno. Yeah, and he would be <laughs> funny. Like, when's the last time... We besides obama we've had a funny president <laughs> that's true that's fair okay that's okay that's fair but i also think that like i don't know maybe because i've been <clears throat> essentially sexually harassed since i was eight years old i am like yeah. deeply aware because i mean i i've said this before I was a very pretty little girl. I was a very pretty teenager. I was actually, I convinced myself I was still the most beautiful up until, up until I gained grad school weight. And now I feel like the world hates me because they're fat phobic. Um, so there's like this, there's like, this is going to sound really arrogant and shitty, but I'm going to do it anyway. So there's like this ability that I feel like I have to be like, I know when you're actually a pervert. I mean, we all know yeah. when they're actually a pervert, right? Like, we mm -hmm. all have that radar. But there's something about, like, I have this honed ability to be able to catch it sooner than most of my friends. Yeah. Because I've been in those scenarios where they're just like, oh, and I'm just like, well, that's, you realize that that's an indicative behavior of your type of human. And I'm not wooed by that. That's probably why yeah. a certain person makes me feel ick at work. And all I wanted out of the American crime story, because I am obsessed with this story, mm -hmm. obsessed. With, I mean, it falls right into that timeline of when we were just like bashing women left and right in the mm -hmm. 90s, like Tanya Harding yeah. fell into this decade. Yeah. Uh, the one lady who like bit off her husband's penis and had to go to court about it, like literally yeah. like <laughs> there was yeah, a slew. Yeah. And all I wanted, and I was like, please, please, 
allow Monica Lewinsky to look like she is actually 22 years old in this show and to behave as a 22 year old so that people remember that she was a child mm-hmm. being groomed by the president. Yes. So that leads us into another great question. How did this series change your perspective or your view on the scandal? On the scandal? Well, number one, this series uh, paired with the You're Wrong About episode, which I truly believe everyone should listen to. It's a great show. Made me even more aware of how Ann Coulter tries to run the country from behind the scenes. Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't hold an office, <laughs> but she's always conspiring. She w- she came to town a couple years ago, and people, like, the progressives in our community yeah. lost their shit. They stood outside the auditorium protesting. Like, honestly, like, how wild was it to watch this show and, like, recognize people's names? Like, mm-hmm. they dropped Bernie Sanders' names mm-hmm. at some point. Red Kavanaugh? Just- Being an ultimate dick during the whole thing. And you're like, motherfucker, you are being self-righteous. We all know where you are going to end up. My Lord. So it. I just got worked up. I told you. I warned you. This show made me hot. It gave me a conspiracy theory to hold on to. And then I was like, well, maybe I should have listened to my mother as she rambled on to me as soon as she felt like I was old enough that Monica was set up that the president was set up, that they were all set up (laughs) by extremists. And I was like, you know, maybe she had something. Yeah. And and then it also colored, because like you, I'm a nine-year-old, and 22 to 24 looks like a full-ass grown-up to me. And 22 to 24 is also kind of the age of all of the grown-ups on TV I'm watching. Mm -hmm. So... To me, it's like, well, Monica was making choices. But then you, like, watch the show and you listen to a podcast and you're like, Monica really was convinced whether or not it was through the 22-year-old delusion that you convince yourself of anything or the president himself and double-teaming her with his secretary that she was in a dating, Mm -hmm. serious, committed relationship with our president. Mm-hmm. Yep. And mm-hmm. what I thought the show did a really good job with Beanie Feldstein in that role, she does present very young. Yeah. Very, very young. Like, I kept forgetting, because there were a couple times where I was just like, oh my God, honey, how innocent are you? Because think about how Anne Bolin is always portrayed in media. Mm-hmm. She's always real slinked up. <laughs> She's always talking like this. Hey, King Henry. Uh, um, she's always got like some diabolical gleam in the back of her eye. And she's always smirking because she's Natalie Dormer or Natalie Portman. Take your pick on how we portray Anne Boleyn. Mm-hmm. And they could have gone that route with Monica because mm-hmm. that was the picture we were all painted in the 90s. And so they could have gone with a very like, Totsied up <laughs> Monica Lewinsky shoving her tits in the president's face trying to take down a nation yeah <laughs> but instead like even when she goes unhinged I was like that is a very 22 year old way to just yell at your boyfriend I've been in that fight <laughs> <laughs> where you're like you're trying to break up with me 
you're trying to tell me we're not going to dinner tonight because you're breaking up with me and you get wild eyed. Yeah. It's like, I've been in that fight. <laughs> you know, Monica Lewinsky was a consultant on the show. Uh, was she? Yeah. Good for her. I hear that she's like done a lot of work in the like shame mindset and mm -hmm. telling people that they too can get over the fact that they have been whether privately or publicly shamed mm -hmm. so good for her for working on this show yeah and i think that's a huge part of why we get so much vulnerability out of mm -hmm. beanie and um because that is so much her, of it's her show you barely see bill <laughs> yeah there's that one episode i think it's episode nine where they actually like get into depth about the clintons and how it affects hillary um and that to me was like first of all my dvr fucked up and it went straight from episode eight to ten and then something happened where i was like why am i on episode nine i was just on episode eight so when i watched episode nine why am i yeah. on episode ten i was like i was like oh they actually didn't like you could have totally skipped nine and it doesn't add context to the mm -hmm. lewinsky side of the story but it adds context to hillary's side right because here she is she's like i defended you i stood yeah. up for you i fucking stood by you. by you and this is how you do me now mm -hmm. the country hates me yeah the whole and they still do look at what happened in 2016. <laughs> the hillary backlash for again, just putting a mediocre man in your mouth. Like, <laughs> oh, wait, I'm sorry. They make the point in the show and on your run about that Hillary didn't do that for Bill. Is <laughs> <laughs> that why he went looking for it somewhere else? Right. It's like because that's another thing. Documents. Yeah, because that's another thing we're told is that if you don't do those for, things for your husband, mm -hmm. they're going to go find someone who will. Right. And it's in, I think, Monica Lewinsky's like, 80 page novel of a disposition like that she says that the first time that they engaged in oral sex he didn't finish because for whatever reason that was the line he decided wasn't cheating <laughs> um oh but when God. she was like you know done and he went that's enough now um he told her he goes thanks for doing that it hasn't happened to me for a very long time <laughs> oh my god I just don't understand, but it, it literally like, because I knew Monica Lewinsky gave our president a blowjob mm -hmm. and the world lost its mind, which like, even as an adult trying to grapple with that, when you're like, did the country need to lose its mind because the president got a blowjob, but then it's everything surrounding yeah. that scandal. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't, because what is it? It's the, it's the whole, um, the shot that kind of kicks it off is that yeah. he denies it. And then now there's all this incriminating evidence. Yes. Right? Like yes. the tapes. First of all, now I want to look up how, because so California is a two-party consent state. And I know this mm -hmm. because my dad's a cop. And so like, I can't record you without your permission. Right. But I'm curious about the rules and laws in D.C. because Linda Tripp and her fucking tape recorders and how, like, can we talk about her for a minute? Because like, she walks into this whole scenario with this she's almost like righteously indignant in the sense of like this is for america america i'm saving america i'm and saving like saving america and like 
the whole and Monica's just happy to have a friend. Mm-hmm. She's just happy someone's talking to her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't understand why she got transferred to you know wherever it was she is. <laughs> the moment that Sarah Paulson trip started speaking because I watched the first episode with a friend and mm-hmm. then I finished it at home. I was like at a sleepover. <laughs> I turned to my friend and I looked at him and I went, do you think Sarah Paulson is just pissed because she's the only person not getting groped at the White House? Like, it very much had that vibe. Like, it very, like they kind of set it up to where she, Trip, was surrounded by women mm-hmm. who were getting felt up by the president. And then she just like grappled with that. And she already didn't like the president. And then I was like, I literally just feel like she feels rejected. (laughs) The president has never come to see her. And now she's made it her like Bible thumping mission to also try to bring him down. Even though her and Ann Coulter have never had a conversation. Right. Right. Well, and then two later, she kind of gets humanized in the sense of like, Because everyone, you know, the country turns on her. How could you, how dare you? How could you do that to your friend? Mm -hmm. One, she's, you know, playing the game of the patriarchy to survive because that's what we're forced to believe we have to do. And then two, you know, she has that speech about how, like, no one's ever thought she was attractive. And then to be, like, that scene where they're watching SNL. Yeah. And her daughter's like, Mom, we probably shouldn't watch this. She's like, it's fine. It's fine. And then John Goodman is playing her on SNL and you could just see it in her face. Like all the childhood trauma of being bullied, all of the things that people have ever said to her, all the pranks just came back because now the country, rather than a a select few of people, Mm -hmm. hate her and think she's ugly. Well, and the thing of it is... There were moments where you also knew that she was doing it for the clout. Like, it used to be, I just want to be back in the uh, White House where the M&Ms are. Yeah. (laughs) But then it very much also became, like, you know, with America's hero. Like, I'm going to be the one who unleashes this. And then everyone will know. Mm -hmm. And then everyone will be in service and in thanks to me eventually you're like oh no but she's now into it like it's like how the bachelor contestants get like wrapped up in the fame like you're into this you are into the idea book deals snl appearances all of it until it's john goodman playing yeah (laughs) yeah and when she told the the agent well i was never in this for the book uh, ma'am, I'm pretty sure that she told you, you, you need evidence in mm-hmm. order to write this book. Mm-hmm. And that's what prompted you to make those tapes. Yeah. Uh-huh. She was so mad to be at the Pentagon. I mean, she I had to the Pentagon, I would be too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that she had to ruin a 22-year-old's life over it. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I mean, I wouldn't go that far personally because I'm not here to ruin people's lives. I'm just here to get a paycheck yeah do we need to talk about hillary for a minute yeah because i love edie falco Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i loved nurse jackie and i felt like edie falco was a great choice because she favors hillary like it's a good like like clive owen it's a good like i can make that a carbon copy in my head yeah 
Um, I mean, down to the freaking headbands in her hair. It took me a second to be like, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I love Annie Falco. I feel like because doesn't Hillary show up in like two episodes? I feel like to have such a powerhouse like Edie Falco playing Hillary Clinton, they did not have her around a lot. Right. But they also didn't have Bill around a lot. So, and I feel like they played her, especially in that bathroom scene where she's washing her hands mm -hmm. and Linda Tripp like gets off on the fact that she now gets to call Hillary like cold and snooty and like, oh, the president's wife was in our bathroom, the commoners. <laughs> like, I feel like even in that, the way that Edie carries herself in the show where it's like, you know that she has like the only thing that's holding her shoulders up at that very severe angle. <laughs> is because she is continuously watched and she's smart enough to know all of it mm -hmm. and all that's said about her and she also knows that she has ambitions in life and that anything that she's going to do now is going to affect her ambitions because everyone's eyes are on her yeah i thought the show did a really good job paralleling was it her vogue cover or mm -hmm. vanity fair vogue or vanity fair i get with paula jones's penthouse cover yes because here you have two women paula jones is hurting for money mm -hmm. people like her case is completely like she's been dropped right like she's right. got it she had a nose drop that scene where she's so upset that she didn't think that she was ugly or that her nose was a problem until people started commenting broke my heart yeah. for her but that's not the point the point is is that parallel they did between the two photo shoots was so powerful mm -hmm. because it shows like you know paula jones didn't it's almost like these are the two options that women have yeah in situations mm -hmm. like these like hillary mm -hmm. sure you're gonna hate her She's coming out unscathed. She's running for the New York Senate. She's going to probably be okay because she has wealth and power. Yeah. Paula just needs a dime to get by and everyone's turned on her, especially now that they found out she's going to post for Penthouse and the way that they're treated during each photo mm -hmm. shoot, like Penthouse is like, well, you signed up for this and you, yeah. you agree to these things. And she's like tasteful, right? Like you can sense her hesitation. Mm -hmm. Where Hillary, like you're saying, like everyone's watching her. She has to be poised. She has to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Words are hard. Dignified. Dignified. That's the word. So I thought that that scene being paralleled with each other yeah. was just so beautifully done, and it it did kind of break my heart a little bit. I know, poor Paula. Yeah. Who I did not even know existed. Her husband was a dick. Also that. But in the 90s, you weren't told to leave your mediocre husband. That's true. I do love, though, that when Kobe Smulders and Taryn, yeah. what's his face, do are in shows together, even mm -hmm. though they didn't have scenes together. Yeah. I still love that they can say they were both in that because they're just adorable together. Are they still together? Are they still? I thought they were. Are, I don't know. Shit, now I have I to I don't look. follow her because I hated How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> You oh okay you're allowed to hate how I met your mother. Mm -hmm. Ted Mosby's kind of the worst. They're all kind of the worst if you boil it down. Well yeah, but I I did love Robin's character and I did love um Neil Patrick Harris. 
And it took me a second to realize that she was the one playing Ann Coulter because she, mm-hmm. I thought she did a really good job. Again. I was like, yeah, that's how that bitch really talks. How'd you that's do how that? That's how bitch really talks. Did you ever watch Ann Coulter on what, who's the Rob Lowe roast? <laughs> she was on the Rob Lowe roast? She was on the Rob Lowe roast. Oh, well, we're going to pull that up and watch it. A hundred percent. No, I didn't see her. I didn't think anybody would want her. No one did. And then, so you're Ann Coulter with a panel of comedians. Yeah, that's got to be stress. And so eventually, I think they end up making more jokes about her than they do Rob. That tracks. Because mm-hmm. that's usually what ends up happening in the roasts, I feel like, anyway. Yeah. Like, they always hone in on one. And it's usually not the guest of honor. Man, I miss Comedy Central roasts. We used to watch those all the time. So good. But yeah, she got, ro- like, it was hot and it was fiery. Yeah. And, like, she's sitting there with her fucking pinched-ass Ann Coulter face. I think her, I think a book was about to release or something. Oh, okay. And then I was like, Rob Lowe has to be friends with Ann Coulter because he's a sex offender. And we kicked him out of the Dem- Democratic Party. <laughs> because he assaulted someone at the democratic convention and that's why he is and that's his punishment it gets a little darker than that did you listen to the celebrity book club episode about rob lowe slash melissa gilbert's um no but i went to rob lowe's one man show and i almost couldn't sit through it yeah i it that's a it's a good episode and and the rob lowe memoir they talk about is one that i've read and so when they pointed out an incident that he refers to as an incident and then they bring in the context of what had happened at the time and like what was going on Mm -hmm. i was like i don't know i I don't know if i can do this anymore in the one man show of rob lowe he keeps calling attention to Chris Farley dying of an overdose mm-hmm. and Charlie Shane being a hot fucking mess. And the entire time he's doing that because he grew up with those guys, I'm whispering to myself, well, you're a goddamn sex offender, but you're just the level of good looking enough that people are giggling during this goddamn show. Yeah. And, you know, that they kind of commented too about how, like, anyway listen to the episodes and we can talk about them because they were really good and again i read that particular rob lowe book so i was like you're right they did just gloss over that yeah um and it came out in 2011 i think so there was a lot of speculation too about like well the time that this came out and da 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 it was interesting Mm -hmm. do you love to read pop culture makes me jealous hosts a monthly book club that reads books that have been adapted for the screen We meet on the fourth Sunday of every month via Zoom. The book club is open to anyone, but Patreon pals can vote on our monthly read and have access to our replay. To sign up, hit the link in the show notes. Every Tuesday night, you can tune into Instagram Live and watch Still Comfy, a show where Julia Washington, host of Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, and Natalie Katona, host of To All the Men I've Tolerated Before, take a deep dive into pop culture properties they once loved to see if they still stand the test of time or review new iterations of beloved shows, celebrity biopics, and television reboots of movies or old ideas. In addition to co-producing and co-hosting the live show on Instagram, the pair takes to YouTube and go live to discuss new movies that are rooted in pop culture infamy. 
Subscribe to Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous's YouTube channel and never miss an episode. If you're not already following us on Instagram, do so so you can tune in every Tuesday or catch the replay the next day. If you understand the nuances and intersections of being a BIPOC woman, a woman identifying, a woman in a male-dominated industry, and all the microaggressions that come with the daily existence and how media reinforces those stereotypes, but you still love pop culture, then Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous Best Friends Club on Patreon is just for you. Join an incredible community of like-minded individuals who meet monthly to discuss a different topic in pop culture, access to bonus content, weekly lunchtime hangout sessions, and discounts on merch. To learn more about how to become a part of the Best Friends Club, visit popculturemakesmejealous.com slash become a member. There's a hyphen in between become a member, become hyphen a hyphen member. See you there. Do you want to talk about the 90s fashion? Man, that was my favorite part, especially the shoulder pads. Oh my gosh. Like, because I had, like, shoulder pads are still also kind of classified as a very 80s thing in, like, the rock world. Yeah. <laughs> so then you're watching women <laughs> and they're walking around the White House in their suit jackets, and it's the first decade that women have ever been allowed to wear suits. <laughs> pants in pants they've got their their shoulder pads on to the point where it almost looks like they're reaching their ears because of how stiff everyone's hair is i just don't understand the point of shoulder pads no no one does you know it doesn't make any sense to me like why do you want to look broad shoulders i, think I mean it that was rude but you know what i mean i think it has something to do with that truly being the first time that business casual for women got to include pantsuits. Yeah, yeah. So then they wanted to feel like powerful and filling out that suit too. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. But literally everyone's hair cracked me up. The mm -hmm. pantsuits cracked me up. Did you have a favorite hair? Um, you're not going to know who she is because I'm, I need to make a Grey's Anatomy reference. <laughs> do it anyway uh there's a woman on Grey's anatomy whose face gets smashed in i believe her name is rebecca the name they give her is rebecca <laughs> um and her face gets smashed in and then like alex karev one of the doctors like takes her home and tries to have an affair with her <laughs> and her name is rebecca um the actress who plays rebecca is the the volunteer lady who gets trips job oh interesting mm -hmm. so like it number one i clock her anytime she's in anything mm -hmm. but her hair i was like oh my gosh and then so you know how monica's hair had like really severe bangs yeah and then it was like really short by her cheeks but then it was very long in the back yeah and it was kind of shaggy my mom had that haircut too, except for it was the short version of that, where it's like severe bangs, puffy, 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 and it just ends <laughs> short. I was like, so I was like, my mom had that hairstyle. <laughs> like, what are you doing, mom? You want to look like Monica? Is that what yeah, we're doing I, today? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess. I have photos of her, like my sister and I are like sitting on pumpkins or something. Like, oh my god i love that yeah um 
But yeah, hot mom had the Monica Lewinsky haircut. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. For your listeners who don't know, on my podcast, we refer to my mother as hot mom because, (laughs) as we know, (laughs) I am the daughter of a hot mom. (laughs) And that's where it all went wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's your that's your next spin-off show. Um, I think it's you know what I also thought was interesting about the show was how angry all the Republicans were about this. They were indignant about well, Clinton's and- behavior. And then fast forward 20 years and you're just like, Oh why aren't yeah. you indignant now, sir? Why aren't you indignant now, ma'am? Yeah. Where are you? Because you're all the same people. I heard all of your names. Mm-hmm. Every, and that's, I think, the part that made me the most angry mm-hmm. was they were listing off all the people who aided and abetted. And I was just like, I, how dare you be so angry about William Jefferson Clinton and then still stand on Capitol Hill and be like, what? What? And be part of the insertion. Uh huh. And then in 20, between the years of 2016 and present day, what? What are you talking about? Everything was fine. It's, he was, he did bad things. Oh, those women are liars. Yeah. No, well, like, number one, everyone, what I didn't understand as a nine year old is that people who weren't Clinton supporters were incensed that Clinton got to be president at all yeah they like in the uh in one line from trip she likens the white house to a frat house she's like he's turned it into a fraternity if she only knew if she only knew right where's she now for the trump administration (laughs) like why do you think trump's dead oh because i think her daughter was like you know i'm not super thrilled about this because Mm -hmm. my mom doesn't have the opportunity to win. Yeah, she died in 2020. Yeah. She wasn't like cuz somebody tried to reach out to her for comment and she was like, "I just I'm not like we're not going there. My mom deserves better." Yeah. Even though she's the villain of the story. She's 100%. Like especially like first of all, if you didn't think that she was the villain of the story, you do after watching American oh, Crime yeah. Story, the Clinton scandal. Like yeah. they did they absolutely eat down to the deviant smirks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally, she she is, as Elvis would put it, the devil in disguise. <laughs> and poor Monica Lewinsky. I've also been that idiot 22-year-old who will be friends with anyone who talks to me. Yeah, because it's just exciting. Somebody wants to chat with and you. And then you tell them all of your business, like, he came on my dress. <laughs> what? Yeah, when she's talking to the grand jury and they're like, why didn't you get your dress dry cleaned right away? And she's like, do you wash your clothes all every day? Like, though, her answer was so logical to me because I also am that person who's like, well, this is a dry cleaning bill, so I'm going to make sure I have enough to make it worth it. Right. And And then Linda tells her, don't even bother with the dress. Just leave it. Yeah. You know, like. Set up. Yeah. Like, do you not know how dry cleaning works, sir? Probably not because your wife probably handles it. My mother often told me that there was no way that Monica Lewinsky was smart enough to um, keep the dress <laughs> and keep it pristine with the sample. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it had to have been a government conspiracy, which I guess 
It was. <laughs> I might have to call my mom after this and be like, Mom, I'm so sorry. I thought you were nuts. Mom, I watched one TV show <laughs> and listened to a podcast. And my mind has changed. And my mind is changed. Because, I don't know, and I still fall into this trap where I'm like, conspiracies don't really happen. No one's actually out to get anyone else. Like, you can take everything at face value. And then I, you watch something like the Clinton scandal, and you're like, oh. is it Is it a conspiracy or is it sinister actions? What's the difference? Well, when I hear, so I think, so I think my definition of conspiracy theory has changed over time because you have flat earthers now mm -hmm. and like people like that in the world who are like, like people who don't think the moonwalk happened and like right. things like that. Like they have those conspiracy theories. So in my mind, conspiracy theory has been co-opted by people who blatantly like just flat out believe shit that's not real. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> so I don't. So, so when you, I guess, I guess it means, I guess it means both. I guess it means somebody could actually have been taking down the Clintons and yeah. the insinuation constantly about how they're very powerful and they make people disappear. I remember hearing that shit, especially when Cl oh. uh, Hillary was running for president. Everyone said that they're very powerful. You do not want to mess with the Clintons. They're very yeah. powerful. And I'm over here in California. Like how powerful are they? Likened to murderers. Yeah. I was told that they made like they literally paid for people to be murdered. <laughs> do you think do you get did you get the sense they kind of sort of like pushed that guy who took his life in the beginning to do it? Oh yeah, and then there's a suicide at the beginning of the show. Yeah, which thanks for the warning. <laughs> oh, I guess if you know the history, you know it's going to happen, but again, we were children when this we happened. Were children. There's just like because it's something with real estate. Like Bill falsified some documents and the other guy was just like, I'm not going down for this. <laughs> Better to die by. You know what? If that guy hadn't commit committed suicide, Linda Tripp wouldn't have lost her job. No, she would have not. She would and, have stayed because she was a secretary. And imagine right? how long Monica and Bill would have gotten to date. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Because who what if she had gotten pregnant by him? Well, that he never came. Oh, that's right. And they only did oral and cigar stuff. That man, girl, when they said that, I was like, listen, I don't want to kink shame, but how embarrassing that that is now what everybody is reading about you. Mm hmm. Yeah. Can you and imagine how long that deposition took? Oh, I think they gave her i know his the in the show they said his was four hours God. i would be exhausted after that and after we lived with you right or did she send her mom out no they wouldn't let her mom come yeah um and then and then when hillary comes up and she's like i'm not reading the report to bill she's, I'm, I'm not reading the report but chelsea did and then like walks away i was like damn damn <laughs> girl shots fired that's how white people shoot shots. <laughs> yeah. When Hil when Hillary lost to Obama, when she ran for the first time and didn't make it out of the primary, I remember sitting in my dorm room, <laughs> looking around and people being like, what? I go, can you not hear it? Hillary is shrieking Bill's name right now <laughs> because this is all his fault. Yep.
Which it would have been, the outcome would have been the same if she had left him and not stayed by his side. Right, right. There was no winning for Hillary. Right. And I'm pretty sure she knew it. Yeah. That is written all over Eddie Falco's face in the show. All of the women involved, they Mm -hmm. all walked out completely brutalized. At least Monica is able to get some redemption now, which is lovely for her. Because somebody commented in the show, how would you feel if your daughter brought home or your son came home and said, I'm going to marry Monica Lewinsky. And like she overheard that. And you're just like, and all she wants in the whole series, all she does is talks about how she wants to be in love and she wants to be married and she wants to Mm -hmm. have kids. Ooh, and I knew that Monica Lewinsky was body shamed Mm -hmm. during all of it. But the way that they weave that into the story and how that's how Linda gets to manipulate her with the dress, I mean, like, it makes you look heavy, Monica. Yeah. Yeah. And I was on Weight Watchers, not when I was nine at the time, but... When my mom did Weight Watchers when we were older, she also just had us do it too. Like that was my mom's like way of addressing my weight, not just being all like, "Hey." She also took me to curves, <laughs> curves. But it it was all under the guise of, "Well, I'm doing it, so why wouldn't you?" Mm. Like you know, that's how mm-hmm. she bypassed like having a conversation with us or making us feel like she was shaming us. I guess. Yeah. She would just be like, well, I'm doing it. So what? You're not going to do it? Here's your little cup of cheese to put on your one taco. Oh, gosh. Because Weight Watchers is just another way to starve yourself. Yeah. And then when they... I I don't want to publicly say the things Was I Monica say. Lewinsky I was a just, spokesperson for I wish, Weight Watchers? I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure she had a Weight Watchers deal. Uh-huh. Yeah. I... I'm getting a a sense memory of what Mm -hmm. that commercial looked like. It was her and Valerie Bertinelli. Big Weight Watchers sponsors. Yeah, and I think Valerie has switched to something else now. Yeah. But still, the point is, now they're WW, which is like no amount of rebranding. You can't say the word weight now. Yeah, like no amount of rebranding is going to make this. But yeah. 7.2 million diet ad campaign spotlights Monica Lewinsky. This was ran in the Tampa Bay something or other, December 29th, 1999. Yeah. Lewinsky lands new job as diet firm pitch woman in TV ads. Weight loss spokeswoman take off pounds. The way that they weaved Lewinsky return of dubious celebrity. That's a 1999 headline from the LA Times about her Weight Watcher spokesperson ads. Good God. But yeah, her disordered eating, I didn't think that they would go there. I'm very surprised that they're doing that with The Crown and Diana. Mm -hmm. And again, I can't imagine being those boys watching their dead mother be abused by their father. Oh, well, Harry says he won't watch it. Good. And Megan's, I don't think that they should. I think Megan said she's watched it, but Harry says he won't watch it. And I sincerely doubt Prince William is watching it. And I don't think that they should. Yeah. And that's how I felt when I went and saw Elvis and I was like, oh my God, Lisa Marie sat through this. She loved it. I know she, she gave loved it her it. Endor- her winning seal of approval. Did Priscilla go? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good for them. I couldn't do it. 
It's too close. But yeah, there's so much and there's so much encapsulating the 90s in the show, like Weight Watchers and the way that we were all obsessed with diets. My mom only ate Slim Fast in the 90s. Oh my God, my dad also had Slim Fast every mm -hmm. single morning before he went to work. And that was the only thing she ate. That's not, I mean, that's My hard. mom like, thrived that's... on like Slim Fast in the yeah. 90s. Yeah. I don't think they worked in Slim Fast though, unless, but Monica was God. always like, it's a chicken day. And then she'd like get to have one chicken and three green beans. And that yeah. was her meal for the how, day. How we were so easily convinced that, and they still perpetuate this on Instagram and mm -hmm. social media. Caloric reduction is the yeah. only way to lose weight. And you're like, is no, it though? Not. Like, I don't know. No, because your body true. starts storing calories yeah. as soon as it feels like it's in a scarcity. Yeah. And for people, like, for people, like, and everyone, everybody's body's a little different. Like, sure, mm -hmm. yeah, there's like universal stuff, but also some of those studies are bogus because they only study tiny white people. They're not no. studying other ethnicities. Like, my people are disproportionately affected by diabetes and high blood pressure. So, like, maybe do some health studies there. That would be nice. We also, you know, whatever. But I truly like... love that you say diabetes the same way as Brett Michaels. <laughs> when we're rich and famous, I'm going to make sure that we meet Brett Michaels. And you guys can like swap diabetes. Oh, no, the way we say diabetes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. The um, diabetes. <laughs> That's how he says it on Rock of Love. Well, I don't add the the. <laughs> the diabetes. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I do think that like like telling people you're not allowed to have something yeah. it has it the wrong psychological effect. Listen. And I talk about it on my Patreon episode, which now gets to just be phone calls with my friends. Yeah. Because I didn't know what else to do. And I'm, I am just letting my ADHD run my life at this point. So if that means that sensory wise, the only thing I can come up with to eat for breakfast is a slice of yellow cake with chocolate icing and ice cream. That's what I'm doing. Because then it's either do that or not eat because yeah. everything else feels like it's going to be gross. Yeah, I told we have these con you and I have this conversation all the time. Mm -hmm. Like I just like even last night it was like oh, I just don't know what to do food wise for dinner. I'm feeling very overwhelmed and stressed out by by this. And then I ended up just eating in and out at nine o'clock, right. nine thirty at night, which is not okay. I had an I had a trainer one time when I was doing hit training. Yeah. Um, he was like, you have to give up macaroni and cheese. Sir, do I need to oh, remind yeah. you that I am black? Right. And I don't understand what that means. No, you don't understand what that means. And two, how fucking dare you tell me that no, I have We to stop all know what that means. That what I kind have... of uh -huh. ignorant mm -hmm. trainer did you mm -hmm. have mm -hmm. that didn't and know then... that black people love mac and cheese it's and like... they're the only people who can make it? Uh-huh. And I said, I said, so I posted on social media about that. And my cousin literally texted me. And she's like, that's literally all we eat. That's all we when, eat. She's like, growing up, I remember Mimi being like, Julie, what do you want for lunch? And you're like, mac and cheese. And she would make it for you. She's yeah. like, that's all you ate. Like, how dare somebody take that away from you? It's my like, exactly. Thing. Fucking quit that gym shortly after. <laughs> and I don't even have it in the freezer because the air's still broken. But my favorite thing is on a Sunday or a Monday, 
to take the three hours that it takes to bake a Stoffer's mac and cheese yes. family dish and eat it all week. Yes. Oh, <sighs> I was yeah. just like, don't tell me not Just tell me to eat less because I will eat the entire serving. Like, and by the way, you you make a whole casserole dish yeah. of it. Great. What's for everybody else? Plus, I'm eating everything else that's been made. Like, yeah. that's the that's the problem. The problem isn't the macaroni and cheese. The problem is my inability to stop eating the tasty and delicious dish in front of me. Yeah. Um. So Monica's disordered eating, which I guess is bold of me to call it that. I don't know what she's been calling her eating habits of the 90s, but I'm convinced that everyone had disordered eating in the 90s. So yeah. there it is. Yeah. Was almost like a a background character. Yeah. But this show does prove that women don't just starve themselves for men. She was fucking the goddamn president of the United States and still starving herself. Yeah. We do it for society and for other women, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Do you love to read? Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous hosts a monthly book club that reads books that have been adapted for the screen. We meet on the fourth Sunday of every month via Zoom. The book club is open to anyone, but Patreon pals can vote on our monthly read and have access to our replay. To sign up, hit the link in the show notes. Every Tuesday night, you can tune into Instagram Live and watch Still Comfy, a show where Julia Washington, host of Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, and Natalie Katona, host of To All the Men I've Tolerated Before, take a deep dive into pop culture properties they once loved to see if they still stand the test of time or review new iterations of beloved shows, celebrity biopics, and television reboots of movies or old ideas. In addition to co-producing and co-hosting the live show on Instagram, the pair takes to YouTube and go live to discuss new movies that are rooted in pop culture infamy. Subscribe to Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous's YouTube channel and never miss an episode. If you're not already following us on Instagram, do so so you can tune in every Tuesday or catch the replay the next day. If you understand the nuances and intersections of being a BIPOC woman, a woman identifying, a woman in a male-dominated industry, and all the microaggressions that come with the daily existence and how media reinforces those stereotypes, but you still love pop culture, then Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous Best Friends Club on Patreon is just for you. Join an incredible community of like-minded individuals who meet monthly to discuss a different topic in pop culture, access to bonus content, weekly lunchtime hangout sessions, and discounts on merch. To learn more about how to become a part of the Best Friends Club, visit popculturemakesmejealous.com slash become a member. There's a hyphen in between become a member. Become hyphen a hyphen member. See you there. How do you think this show impacts your opinions, subtle or otherwise, about wealthy, powerful women? I think you hit it on the head when you talked about the juxtaposition between Paula Jones and Edie Falco's Hillary's Vogue shoot and mm -hmm. pinup shoot. Like, the moment that shit starts to get real for Monica, she has all the resources in the world. Yeah. her She's got two wealthy white parents who can't turn their back on her because then it is going to get out to the press and the shame will come to them yeah. whether or not they help her out. She immediately has a lawyer. Like, Paula Jones literally had to align herself with extremists. Mm -hmm. Like, Christian extremists. 
to even get the lady from who's your boss judith light judith light judy i thought her name was judith day and that's why <laughs> angela that angela I mean, bowers yeah judith day is one of my personal friends names by the way god damn it <laughs> I have undiagnosed ADHD and I'm just regulating it by letting it control me. Yeah. Um, Actually, I had she... somebody in HR tell me I need to stop saying at work that I have um, undiagnosed processing disorder because I'm not protected if they decide to fire. <laughs> it's like, whoops. <laughs> but like Paula literally had to like just align herself with Christianity. Mm-hmm. To, and then it, it also set her up for a downfall. So she didn't have any help. She didn't have anyone, like, practicing her. Like, they just threw her on a stage yeah. at a convention. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I don't want to talk about how I had to see his penis. And they're like, too bad. And then the, oh, man, the nose job line, all of it. It's just so heartbreaking to see what it means when you don't have access to resources mm -hmm. and then well, they drop her so hard because mm -hmm. she's got to pay i mean she's straight up i have to pay these lawyer bills i have to feed my kid like i am in debt my husband still doesn't have a job right. like they don't give a shit the moral high ground is like well guess what you did something that we don't agree with so we're done you're useless to us now right so there it is that's what money does it immediately and i'm not saying like monica did get slandered and she had a hard time mm -hmm. and but she's also the one who's consulting on hulu shows do you think that they called paula probably not she did go to school at the london school of economics yeah so she also had the ability to leave the country to mm -hmm. sort of recalibrate her life yeah yeah. Hillary got a second chance by running for the New York State Senate, mm -hmm. U.S. Senate. She was a U.S. Senator. Um, and, you know, here's Paula Jones with just hide hiding in her mom's house, sleeping on the pullout couch. <laughs> with her deadbeat husband. With her deadbeat husband. And also, that was just a pride point for him. Mm -hmm. He was mad that people at his job knew that his wife had to see the president's dick and mm -hmm. it's like bro that has nothing to do with you right right mm -hmm. we didn't give a moment for mira servino and i feel like we should because she did a really good job she played monica's mom yeah also i don't understand the billy eichner of it all when it comes to the, the drudge report yeah i remember hearing about the drudge report left and right in no. the late 90s so to like, actually have context now of like who he was and what he did is like mind-blowing to me because i had no idea all i heard the drudge report the drudge report the drudge report like no one ever filled in the blanks like here we are just us in our 90s eating disorders and billy eichner is in like a gumshoe detective serial from the 1940s 
And it's Where, like, where's his, where's, did he, where's his girl Friday? Did he? I was like, did Billy Eichner walk into the wrong set and they just let him hang? Like, I did, and like, I, and I think I found it so ridiculous. I stopped paying a, attention to that subplot. Oh <laughs> my <laughs> gosh, that's so funny. Well, he because wasn't. Because Dresden was, report who leaked the depositions. He he broke the story about Monica and Bill. I thought right, maybe. And then he kind of and then um the time the L A Times was like we want to run this and then they got bullied out of running it and then you know that became a thing too that the that Drudge sort of honed in on and do you remember when our news had standards and they were like no you have to have evidence to be in our paper yeah and so, so then you'd have to go to like some second right. Ra- rent like gumshoe operating mm-hmm. yeah guy with a hat <laughs> you can uh you can actually think who's the guy that owns fox news is it richard murdoch Ugh, yeah. you can thank him for the dismantling of regulations on the um broadcast journalism he i mean that was an active pursuit for like 30 years so that way he could start something like fox and i'm sure fox news yeah. i mean and then we got cnn out of it too which i also am like please my sister will send me cnn articles and i'm just like why are you reading okay i have to get our news from the bbc same I have to go to britain <laughs> to get my the news for my country i i like the bbc i also some npr some, some M, i don't want to say this because i want npr to pick up my show but i do listen to npr a lot but sometimes there will be times where i'm just like oh, okay npr like mm-hmm. i get that you're public radio and you have to compete with the likes of cnn and msnbc and fox and all the other guys but like this isn't you <laughs> you had you had standards they still do to an extent, right? But there are some days where I'm just like, okay. Okay. Like, they did a story on the Ukraine. What? And my son and I both were like, this is NPR, right? Yeah. Anyway, they reported every day on Ukraine for like. I'm surprised that this show didn't get any awards. I thought they got nominated for Emmys. This this go around. No? Didn't, didn't Sarah Paulson? Are you frozen? No, I'm just listening. Oh, I thought you were. <laughs> Sarah Paulson. Yeah, Sarah gets... Paulson's nominated for Linda Tripp. Um, outstanding writing for a limited anthology or series movie for the episode Manhandled. Maybe this was the award season I didn't pay attention to because it was our first one after COVID. Outstanding but... contemporary hairstyling nominated. Yes. Makeup as well. Prosthetic makeup is also nominated. Yeah. So Paris, Sarah Paulson's the only actor from the show it nominated, it, it would appear. Poor Beanie. She never gets a break. Well, and I... bullying her off of the Broadway. Well, that's a whole thing. I don't know if you've caught, stayed up on that drama, but Dumois is very informative in that arena. But I will say, as much as Clive Owen was incredibly believable as Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. I am glad he didn't get nominated because I'm like, please don't reinforce these types of characters with um, accolades. <laughs> that terrible. No, it, I mean, I makes it makes sense. Um, this is my <clears throat> because I haven't mentioned it yet. I hate Ryan Murphy, so I just feel like that needs to be said. Ryan Murphy is a trash bag who presents us trash 
and then tells us that it's good every season for American Horror Story. And then he did that Hollywood series on Netflix that I watched with a mediocre man. And I didn't even finish it. I was like, I had to, I just had. It was our higher, weekly date. And I was, he would make dinner. Oh, well, that's cute. I just had high hopes and it didn't meet them. And everyone on the internet loved it. And I thought, is there something wrong with me then? Yeah, and every time I leave a Ryan Murphy show, I'm like, you fucking trash bag. Except for American Crime Story. Yeah. It's it's always this show that makes me believe that he can actually do things. <laughs> and it's not just a trick. It's not just a trick. <laughs> he was involved with Glee, right? He Glee is a trash show. When yeah. we do Glee for Still Comfy, I will have to come to the, to the hard knock truth. That Glee was a trash show that I pinned all my hopes on. It's a hard knock trash show. And now like half of that cast is dead. So it's like a cursed show. Oh, yikes. I can't believe you went dark. Friend, I love it when you stop by. I love it when you come here. I love that we do Still Comfy together. Is there anything else about um, um, the Clinton scandal that we didn't touch on that you feel compelled that needs to be lived forever on this show? I would like Sarah Marshall from the You're Wrong About podcast to be on my podcast and probably your podcast about how we treated women in 90s media. And that is all. Yeah, that would be a great show. I think I love her. Okay, can you... uh, Life's hard. I haven't recorded in months, so... You recorded last night with Mario. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Can you tell everybody where they can find you if they want to keep up with you online? Sure. I'm Natalie Katona. I'm the host of To All the Men I've Tolerated Before. You can find it on Instagram at Men I've Tolerated Pod. We are on Patreon. We have merch. We have shenanigans. (laughs) It's a podcast that is about everyday misogyny and how we tolerate it. But we don't want to tolerate it anymore. Jules has stopped tolerating it. She told me yesterday that I have killed her resolve for mediocre men. And I was like, and that was my agenda. Except it might end up getting me fired. (laughs) That's none of my business. (laughs) You did it yourself, Julia. Right. (laughs) So please connect with me. There's stickers on the mar- merch site. So if you need a sticker, <laughs> just pop on over. I like stickers. We all like stickers. That's why I made them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous is written, edited, and produced by me, Julia Washington. And I am fueled by the incredible support system of women who allow me to run ideas, cry, melt down whenever I feel overwhelmed. I also want to do a big shout out to our Patreon community. Thank you for your continued support. It brings me great joy to bring you quality content and monthly get togethers. Thanks for tuning in y'all until next time.